Hi, friend. Welcome to another episode of Empowered Connections. I'm your host, Missy. Thank you for being here. I am a registered nurse. I'm a soul coach, a Reiki practitioner, and an intuitive healer. My intention behind each podcast is to inspire you, encourage you, empower you, and uplift you. I'm excited you're here, so let's get started. Hi, everyone. Today's episode, I'm so excited for. Uh, today, I have a recurring co-host. You might remember him uh, from one of our previous episodes, Travis. You might know from TikTok. Uh, he is a psychic medium. He's joining me today. Our intention for today's episode is to be helping people get comfortable with the uncomfortable conversations. Um Travis, welcome, friend. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too, me too. So do you want to tell them how this conversation came about? Yeah, absolutely. You know, first of all, I just, I adore you and thank you so much for having me. This came about, um, I was a part of a spiritual community and something really tough came up that had to be discussed. And... It was interesting because I thought I was in a space that felt really safe and I was able to talk about my experience as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. And that conversation was immediately shut down. I was love and lighted my way out of the group. (laughs) And, you know, it was bittersweet because on one hand I loved that community so much but on the other hand it was just time to go and I think that you know sometimes source or God or spirit or the universe pushes us out of a window when we need to leave a situation but it really got me thinking about how we tend to kind of diminish each other sometimes in spirituality and religion and And we're all just here trying to have a really awesome experience. So, you know, that's kind of how this whole conversation with us started. I'm excited to dive in a little bit deeper today. So I want to also just let everybody know, Travis and I are dear, dear friends. If there ever was a friend, soulmate, um, just definitely we we align in so many ways. But I want to say... Um, we probably are not going to agree on everything. And that's what I, I'm hoping I, I let him know before the conversation is it's okay. If we don't agree, we want to help people who don't know how to navigate these conversations to help lend you some idea as to what might help you while we're not experts. Um, but maybe just light the way to help you have your own uncomfortable conversations. We, um, Again, this is just going to happen very organically. Now, I want to ask you, because we are very much in this, well, I feel like there's a couple of different things happening. We're very much in this culture of, oh, you have to stand everything. We we stand this and we, oh, we stand that and we, but has that gone too far that we just, oh, we just are okay with everything. Oh, you're this, that, whatever. Oh, that's okay. Like, has that gone too far? At what point? 
do you take that stand? At what point do you say, you know what, I'm not going to be affiliated with this. So tell us, how do you, what are your feelings about that? What comes up for you? Yeah, you know, and kind of circling back to what I was talking about earlier, you know, the big thing that came up with this, um, with this group was they were bringing somebody in that aligned with something that I didn't just disagree with, but um, a certain, you know, group of people that, that believe in diminishing the LGBTQIA community and invalidating them, right? And I think that's where it gets really tough is when do you say, okay, we can let this one go because this is just who you are and that's all right and love and light and all of that jazz, right? Versus, well, you know, I don't, I don't agree with invalidating a group of people and I don't need my name attached to that. And I think that that gets to be a little sticky and I think there's a very fine line and I'm really excited to kind of dive in with you and, and explore what that, what that might look like for you and, and for me and, and people out there listening. And I hope this gets some, gets some wheels turning today. Yeah. As well. I hope I want people to at least stop and think that's all just, just tickle your brain, make you go. Hmm. And if you're now look, if you're easily triggered, and you've got some strong points of view that you're not willing to bend on. Well, chances are you wouldn't have found your way to this podcast, honestly. But if you are, you might get triggered and you might be like, you might, you know, look, don't email me with your hate. Just saying you'll get blocked. You'll get blocked as fast. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, because people nowadays, they feel like people feel very entitled to their opinion and that they get to broadcast it. And we see that on TikTok. I know you... That's what one of the first things that drew me to you was how you would stand up to people that were um, that were uh, trying to, you know, be ugly bullying. Um, I think for me, oh, gosh, you know, I think this can hit a couple of different points. So I think when you are, say, working a job, struggling financially, while your company that you work for, the people you work with might really say or do something that you absolutely just turns your stomach, but you don't have that freedom of choice in that moment to go, I won't tolerate this and I shall walk out and make your big grandstand because at the end of the day, you know, this, you know, we look at people in our history. Oh, we look at people in our history in those moments, those pivotal moments where they said, you know what? No more. And in that moment, they didn't know what was going to happen. But they still took that chance and said, I'm not, I'm not, not today, not today. This is the last day I tolerate this. And, you know, of course, coming to mind now is, of course, Rosa Parks, who said, no, no, she took that, she took that stand. Now, she didn't know what was going to happen after the no. She didn't know what was going to happen, but she took the chance. So I don't know. I think it's hard for people to go, you know what, I'm walking out of this company and they've got kids at home. How am I going to feed them? And when in reality, they're like, how do I make that stand? No, I don't agree with what you're doing, but how do they stand up for their truth and not support bigotry and not support racism and not, because by the way, this is not just race. This is, you know, gender. This is, um, cause that's another hot topic is, people not agreeing with, you know, gender identity and things of that gender. So again, this spans the board, religious, cultural, this is, this is all the things. So what do you, what do you say to that, to somebody who isn't in a place where they can make that grand stand? You know, I think you bring up an excellent topic 
right? And I have certainly in my, in my career found myself with companies that held values that I absolutely did not align with, right? And unfortunately, we're not all Beyonce. We don't all have the power to highly vet partnerships and, um, and, and potential places where money is going to come from, right? Sometimes we're, we don't always have that luxury. Um, we sometimes have to look the other way or say, okay, you know what? I'm working for this company that holds these beliefs. I don't align with these beliefs and it's not who I am and collect the paycheck. I think where it gets tough is when you get that little nagging inside of you that just says, I really just can't do this anymore. And it's, and it's listening to yourself. We all have a threshold. We all have a threshold until we say, nah, and that's enough. Right. And that threshold is different for everyone. And I think it's important to acknowledge where that is for you, but not judge yourself if you haven't hit that yet. I think sometimes we see activists and we see people speaking out and standing up and we almost play the comparison game with them of like, well, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Am I not enough of an activist? And I don't think that's a fair self-judgment. Activist envy. Right. Activism envy. I love that. Yes. Yes. I think just know yourself and know your gnaw threshold. And when you hit that threshold, that's, when you have to have that bravery to, to just walk away, which can be hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when, while you were speaking, so, you know, yes, of course, okay. Oh, we all get the packet, right? When you first start a job, here's our mission statement. Here's our core values, blah, 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 blah. And most of it's just like, okay, right, right, right. Read through. But in this day and time where things are just heightened, man, it just feels like everything's so heightened. And it's like, where do you want to put your time and your energy? Who do you want to help make money? Who do you want to make money for? What company do you want to make money for? Um, so I think now would be a great time to start reading those mission statements, start looking at those core values of the company, but also dare I say, may I go ahead and just voice my prediction for 2022 is going to be the year of the entrepreneur. We've seen the year of the resignation. It's time for entrepreneurs. You don't like the companies you've been working for? Work for yourself. You are HR. You are your own CEO, CFO. Um, So I almost wonder, are these frictional you know, moments going to be more incentive for people to be like, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself because I don't have to answer to any bigots or hypocrites. But then also what came to mind as you were speaking is I wonder for some person, some people of different personalities that they're like, you know what, I'm going to go in that company. I'm going to change their point of view, the change makers say, you know what, I see what y'all are doing and I see what you've done, but I'm going to go in here and I'm going to show you why that's an outdated belief because you know, as well as I do, people can change. They can can change. They can. Missy, what would you say to those people that do genuinely want to be the change makers and make that positive impact and this is a two-part what would you say to those people and what would you say to those people that are just tired and just don't have it in them and just want to walk away
if you know that you're a change maker, if you know if that's on your heart and that's in your spirit, then go into it with a long-term plan, knowing your role, knowing staying in your lane and staying within your scope, but doing everything you can to show them maybe that those beliefs are outdated. Nobody likes when somebody comes in and says, oh, here's how you're wrong and here's how you're a bigot. But to show them in subtle ways, I believe that's how real change comes is by saying, look, I, I understand where you're coming from and I see how this has happened, but perhaps this isn't true. Perhaps we shouldn't um, profile these this type demographic. Perhaps we shouldn't only cater to this specific demographic. Perhaps this demographic has something to offer and here's why. So it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of work, but man, if that calling has been placed on your heart and your spirit, then you're going to have everything you need. For those that are ready to leave and they're tired and they can't bear the weight of it anymore, trust that the universe is going to provide for you. Be smart, put in your notice, look for something different and just trust that the universe, again, pray to whomever you pray to, ask the universe, ask God, your higher power to support you. Because again, the universe, God isn't going to support you working under people that are, um, you know, putting others down. That's not in alignment with what, you know, what I, with what I believe God in the universe, what we're all here to do. So that would be my... Did I answer that? You so did. You answered it beautifully. Okay. Oh. You so did. But what would you tell somebody that, that, okay, what do we tell somebody that is they're financially, they can't walk out. They might live in an area where there's just minimal, like, especially if they have some very specific type title. What are we going to tell that person that is like ready to leave their stuff? Like they're like, say, say, it's, say it's somebody in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. And they're working in a company that has blatantly, you know, really been ugly to them or working with people or say working with people that have been really disrespectful. They've gone to HR. HR isn't taking it seriously. What does that person do? What does oh, that man. person do? I can answer this from personal experience. Um, there's been a couple of points in my career where, you know, me being gay was an issue for my employer, which is funny, right? Cause like, I have never been like masculine presenting. So it's like, you know what you were hiring. Like you knew who, you knew who you were hiring, right? Like this should not be a surprise. And dealing, I've, I've dealt with homophobia since school. I, there was, I know this is a little off topic, but there was this one moment in high school that I distinctly remembered someone called me, a. a a very ugly word in the middle of my science class. And, and I looked at the teacher and I was like, aren't you going to do something? And the teacher goes, I didn't hear anything. And then just kept going and he heard it. And somebody in the class actually stood up and was like, no, you heard what he was just called. That's not okay. I've dealt with that in school, churches, workplaces, in communities that I thought that I was, a part of and and even if you're not calling me that word those actions feel just as harmful and just as sharp even if it is intentional or unintentional and i believe a lot of times it's truly unintentional but when it is intentional like that especially in a workplace setting thankfully now you know we have federal laws that protect you from workplace discrimination right about time um but you know but 
a lot of states are still, um, um, a lot of states are still, you know, they can fire you for anything. It doesn't have to just be um, because you're gay. They make something up, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been in those positions where it was like, well, what do I do? Do I stay here in this toxic work environment where I'm being bullied or do I leave? And now, you know, when this happened to me, though, I was in my mid to late 20s and I was like really young and foolish and just really didn't look at the ground beneath me before I jumped. And so I just left. Yeah. But there are people that whether, you know, you're gay or maybe you're a woman experiencing harassment in the workplace or a person of color and you've got a family to feed and you can't just walk away, you know, I think that it takes some real bravery and courage to continue to show up and go to work every single day or walk into that church or walk into that community and take that from people. I think if you're in a position to leave, leave right away. Um, and if you can't find an exit plan and just get out and just focus on the exit plan and not being your light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, I would never tell anybody to stay and tolerate abuse, especially we didn't even, yeah, bring up sexual, yes, uh, harassment. Hopefully there is a chain of command, but we know, I mean, come on, this is the real world. We know that chain of command often fails. So again, yeah, obviously leave if you can, but again, if you, you can't be out on the street, but hopefully you have this chain of command. Again, I just want to reiterate that if you've thought about creating your own business and you've got a skill set and you start that, at least get that up and going and work two jobs. You can working, creating your, your online business, um, creating your, you know, your Etsy shop, you know, whatever that is, there's so much opportunity now for the entrepreneur. Everything's online, everything, um, you can literally just Google anything and at least get that going while you're slowly making your exit from your current employer. Um, same thing for churches. I've, gosh, I, it never ceases to amaze me to hear from people that literally stay and tolerate the wildest things, you know? And like you said, what's your, what's your not nah threshold? Mm -hmm. At what point do you say, and you know, now I keep hearing that song from, uh, from Hamilton when he says to, you know, Aaron Burr, if you don't know what you stand for, what are you going to fall for? Or, you know, whatever he says, and it's so true. It's like, if you don't make a stand and do you really want to be associated with bigots and hypocrites and all of those things, do you really, are you, are you really scared to lose those people? At the end of the day, are you really like we're talking about quality, not quantity of who's around you? And you know what? If you have to take the pay cut, take the pay cut because you have to be able to sleep with yourself at night. You have to be able to stand proudly and say, I stood up. You know, these are the times in my life when I stood up for what was right. Like that kid in your class. Yeah. What if he had not done that? Because all those other kids in the class, I hope. I, you know what? That's ugly. I don't, I hope they have some sleepless nights remembering them not standing up for a kid in science class of all things in science class. Like I just expect we got to do better. So I hope the other, you know, that's so ugly, but I hope the other kids have enough of a conscience that they can now as adults look back and say, I was really wrong for not standing up and, and adding my voice to the one that did. Don't, you don't want to be the one that didn't stand up 
You don't want to be the one that didn't lend your voice. And it starts with one voice. That's the thing. What if you're the one? What if everybody's waiting for you to stand up and use your voice? What if it's happening to other people in the company or in your church or in your setting that in, and they don't know how to use their voice? What if they're looking to you and as soon as you stand and use your voice, what if this choir rises up? Because this is the throat chakra awakening that we're experiencing right now. We're not being silent anymore. And y'all, there's too many options. You might live in a rural area, or again, you might work in a specific niche, but you know what? I'd rather work outside of my skill set and feel like, well, I guess I'm gonna learn how to, you know, work a drive through until I can find something else. Like don't, you don't want to be the one that loses sleep at night, remembering that you sat oddly by Is that how you want to remember yourself? Is that how you want to be remembered? That you sat oddly by and didn't say or do anything? Are you going to be able to sleep with yourself at night? Are you going to be able to live with yourself? And only, only you know. Yeah. Only you know. So powerful. Gosh. Well, I guess we just solved the world's problem with that. What's the next thing on the plate there, Trish? I think we did. You know, I think we did. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's funny just sitting here thinking, you know, and, and while I'm listening and, and I think one of the most challenging things has been, you know, as I've gone through these moments of my, of my life of discrimination and being called names and the thing that I heard made me decide to walk away from this from this group most recently was something I've heard my entire life you know and and it was well you know just look the other way mm. and just pretend that it's not happening or just don't come to the event and I think of all the times as a gay person that I have been told well just look the other way and it's like you know I align with spirituality and I you know, and that's just kind of where I fall on the, on the faith spectrum. And growing up, you know, I have typical religious trauma that a lot of gay kids have. Right. And, and just being told to look the other way, but it's like, at what point, <laughs> at what point do we just say, no, no more love and light. Now I'm just going to love and light this on fire. Um, you know, it's like, at what point do we just, do we stop and say, no, I can't look the other way. I understand that it's important to accept people where they're at. And I do accept where people are at. I also accept that I have some things to say. Amen. Yes. And, and oh, I think that that's gosh. such a big thing that we forget, right? We forget. We, we get love and light and, and peace be with you and all this stuff stuck in our head. And I think that is great. And I think at a point that does serve us, but you know, at some point the truth has to come out and the story mm -hmm. has to be told mm -hmm. and people need to speak out loud what was done to them and how they feel. Because then if we don't get uncomfortable and say the things that hurt us, not just like, oh, you, you know, you could have complimented my outfit. That'd be nice. But, you know, you really said this thing that invalidated me or you participated in this thing or this thing happened, right? And you didn't speak up. You know, at, at, 
it's, it's, it comes a time where we have to stop just love and lighting things and really pay attention and have tough conversations with one another. And it sounds like you did. You used your voice, opened up that throat chakra, honey, and spoke your truth. But like you said, even in the love and light community, you were still told, look the other way. And when you said that, oh gosh, when you said that, I, I've thought of, um, as a woman, you know, being told to look the other way. So yeah, it's very invalidating. It's dismissive. It's dismissive. And again, I think I can't imagine if there's anybody on this planet, if there's anybody on this globe that hasn't at some point been dismissed in a way that just completely made you feel like you don't matter in the slightest, let me know if you've never experienced that. Because I think, again, whether it's, you know, whatever you, you identify as, whatever you, at some point we've been dismissed for, for something. And that's what, and that's exactly what you're, what you're talking about. I think, um, in this, oh gosh. And you know, I consider myself spiritual. I mean, I, you know, I, but you know, Jesus is my dude. Mm -hmm. Jesus was himself, you know, the Prince of Peace. But he went right up on the temple and flipped tables. He was not a pushover. He, that's why I've looked at Jesus has been such a great teacher for me as a healer, as just a way shower, as just a philosopher, a theologian. He was the Prince of Peace. But honey, when you needed to flip a table, he was your guy at the temple flipping tables he was not a pushover so while i i can be accepting meaning i'm not going to bully you for being gay i'm not going to bully you for this thing i'm not going to bully you for being transgender i'm not going to bully you for you know all of these things and that is respect you know what i'm not gonna you know what we're just not gonna if i don't agree with your lifestyle i'm just not gonna interact with it i'm just not gonna do it like big deal like we just leave each other alone in that um but if it's affecting me and my like with you you know having being associated with this group and having this speaker and you're like you know what? I am all love and light and I am spiritual, but I'm also, you know, having this human experience and I'm not a pushover. I'm not a pushover. I'm not going to start a fight. I'm not going to instigate anything, but you created this situation and I'm not going to sit here and be a doormat. See, that's where people get it twisted. They yeah. think, oh, well, you're a Christian. Oh, you're this. So why do you cuss? Honey, I'm not a pushover. I'm not a doormat. I'm not like, I will flip tables. I'm pretty sure Jesus was not amidst flipping tables and saying, peace be with you, peace be with you, and just flinging coins and like, come on, yeah. people. So that's, you know, you don't have to be a pushover. You have to stand for something. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. You will fall for everything. And again, you never know. You never know who is looking to you to set an example because if somebody says, Oh wow, Travis really stood up for himself. I didn't know we could do that. Like I thought because we were love and light that we had to just tolerate and accept everything. Ooh, no, because we are still at the end of the day, humans having a human experience and that, and part of that spectrum of being human is having that wide range of emotion 
you know, passion, anger, fury, rage, love, compassion, all of these, this whole spectrum of emotion and getting a little bit, you know, indignant and getting a little bit enraged at the thought that you really thought I would be okay with that. You really thought you really like, do you not know me at all? You really thought that I would be okay with that. You really thought you must not know me very well at all to think that I would just, that I would be okay with that and that I would just tolerate that. Well, they're going to learn today as they say. <laughs> You're so right. You're so, so right. And, and, you know, and, and we're all human, right? Having this experience. And I have no doubt that the people throughout my life that have either, you know, been harsh or cruel intentional or unintentional, I know deep down that they were doing their very best at that moment. Period. And it doesn't have to be. And, and I think sometimes when we think like we're doing our best that it means that we're perfect. I think sometimes some people's best is just hateful comments. Yeah. And, and even leaders of groups, whether it be in churches, spiritual groups, organizations, professionally, you know, I think they're, they're still human and they have moments where they need someone to tell them, hey, hi, up there. Um, nobody else is going to tell you because they, they're a little, they're a little terrified of you. <laughs> they're a little intimidated. But, but, but me, I'm five right foot one. eight, real sassy and bald. I ain't scared. I'm going to just need to tell you something real quick, real quick. Respectfully, I'm about to bust you with the kneecaps. Yeah. Not literally. Verbally, though. Court ordered. I can't do that literally, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but metaphorically, like, we's going to need to have a conversation because you know what? I would want someone to do that to me. Yeah. And it has happened to me. I have, I don't want to paint this picture that, you know, first of all, I'm not a victim. I said what I had to say and I up and left. Right. But, other times in my life, I absolutely would have been the victim and kind of stayed in that place. Mm. I have had experiences where I was in the wrong. I invalidated someone. I don't believe that. I did. I don't believe that. I did. I don't believe and I'm that. Not, I am not embarrassed to admit to that. And it has happened. That. And it's happened. But you know what? I'm human. You know what I did? I, I, I got quiet though. When people tell me, mm. hey, you've invalidated my experience, I get quiet. <clears throat> mm. Too much do we try to justify why we did it. It doesn't matter why you did it. I will tell you, I got one of the best metaphors from my seventh grade English teacher. Don't remember this teacher's name, but I remember this metaphor. I was teasing with some kids at my table. I was real catty. Even even young, like you think I can throw throw some good shade now, honey. You should have seen me in the seventh grade. I, <laughs> I didn't care. Seventh grade Travis was on. I didn't care, and I was really sassy to this group of people because they had been mean to me. They were mean to me, and I was throwing something back at them. They were making fun of me for being gay, naturally, and the teacher only heard me. She didn't hear them, and so I get pulled out in the hallway, and then she lets me explain what happened? And she goes, okay, I understand why you're angry. She was like, you still need to apologize and they need to apologize. And I was like, but why? Oh no, I'm sorry. I offered to apologize as long as they would apologize. And she goes, well, I don't really 
I'm getting my own story messed up. She goes, you don't need to apologize. She goes, if I kick you and I say, I'm sorry, does that take away the pain of me kicking you? Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, no ma'am, it does not. Yeah. And so I don't look for apologies anymore. I look for corrected behavior. Mm. You get one good time, mm. one good time at me. Mm. And I'm going to just, I'm going to tell you about yourself. I'm going to set some boundaries. Mm. I'm a Virgo. I'm probably not going to talk to you again, but, <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I'm going to wish you well right. from across the room. I like will not Tupac engage. Said, like Tupac said, I want everyone to eat, just not at my table. Not at this one, but there's so many other tables. Make your own. Yes. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to start. All that was so, so good. Um, I also, that was also my other thought. Cause I thought of times that I have been invalidated, that I've been dismissed. And then I thought of times where I've been validated and dismissed. And of course I couldn't think of a single time because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I thought and I thought and I couldn't come up with anything as a sag sun, sag moon. I yeah. couldn't come up with this. You thing. you bullied me before this call started. Don't even pretend. <laughs> it's not bullying. It's I'm trying to help you, and some of y'all just can't see it. <laughs> it's not bullying. It's called corrective behavior. I would have been great in corrections. I can say that I would have been absolutely great. <laughs> so I do try to think. Um, of both sides of the coin so I feel like when we're in the wrong we not me you others right the listeners right. um gosh you know why it's hard to stop and listen when we realize we have completely effed up it's because that shame and that guilt come a calling oh they come beating down the damn door and I'd rather do anything than than to feel like I'm a bad person um yeah that's that's exactly what's on the other end of that going hey, if you had said, hey, Missy, that was really um, inappropriate what you said to me. One, I would die. I would be deceased, flatlined right away. My heart can't even handle, it makes me, I I start to get my pulse start slowing down even thinking about it. Um, So the damage that would do to my own heart to realize that I'd hurt another person, um, I would, I don't even know. I would probably feeling that shame and guilt is almost too much to bear for a lot of people. Um, so to get quiet is so hard and go, tell me more. Now, some people, not me or you, some people are highly sensitive. They're looking to be offended they're looking to be the victim because that's their pattern that's their core belief and so that's what they're looking that's the reality they're creating whether the person is quote right or wrong because you none of us have the um the right to say how another person feels we don't know their core wounds we don't know their history we don't know what's going to land so i don't have to agree i don't have to be in agreeance Oh, you're right. Me saying that, you know, your beard looked a little too shaggy today, that maybe that was, you know, I, I don't see, I don't have to agree that that sent you into a, you know, tailspin of, you know, despair. I don't have to agree with it, but I can respect it and say, 
All right, hurt. Uh, didn't mean to hurt your feelings and I'm definitely not going to do it again. But if I do it again, then that's called manipulation, lying, gaslighting, blah, 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 blah. And then this is where we have to, that's why you have to have the boundaries and enforce them. Because if I hurt Travis's feelings and say something negative about his beard that hurts his feelings and I go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that was going to hurt you so bad. I thought I was giving you constructive criticism because do you know there are people out here that really think that them telling you about your appearance is really helping you, that they, that they think you're really wanting <laughs> that. A woman in one of my comments the other day said, Missy, not everybody can wear red lipstick. And I just think you need to know that's not your color. She really thought she was doing me a solid. Oh man, she thought she was doing me a solid. Now, meanwhile, there's literally a hundred other comments asking me where I got that lipstick because it's dropped dead. Right. But she really thought she was doing me a solid. So did it hurt at first? Absolutely. Yeah. Did she now I considered her intent. And so therefore I didn't move forward in any kind of thing. But if it were say a face-to-face -face situation altercation, look, I'm already ready to fight that sag moon, sag sun. We're ready to throw down on site. But if we come into an altercation, but say this had been a face-to-face -face conversation, I would have said, Wow, that was really tacky. And she might would have been like, oh, really? Because I didn't mean I just meant, okay, well, that's maybe not how you meant it, but that's how it landed. And so from here forward, you don't need to comment on my face. I didn't ask you for my opinion. And then that person, then you then have the opportunity to say, okay, you're right. I got you heard. But if you keep it up every day, then that's where I would have to say, look, if you keep saying stuff about my face, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. I'm just not going to engage with you anymore. And then enforcing that boundary because I don't tolerate, you know, manipulative behavior. I don't tolerate unchanged behavior either so again moving forward that's how you know listeners that's how you can put down the boundary say wow you know it's really inappropriate when you say things like that in the future if you say something like that again I'm just not going to engage with you any further or I'm going to write you know write you up to HR or I'm going to let so-and-so know or I'm going to call your wife and let her know whatever the situation is yeah whatever the situation is, but then you're gonna have to hold firm to that boundary and that consequence if it happens again. Agreed. Agreed. Boundaries are hard. I, I believe that boundaries are oftentimes harder for the person setting the boundary than the person receiving the boundary. Do you have a hard time with boundaries? I have a difficult time setting them and keeping them in place with people that deeply hurt me. Oh yeah. I have, I don't have a challenge respecting other people's boundaries. If anything, mm. I think I'm like, I'm over caught. Like, but if I'm even like texting someone, I'm like, Oh my God, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. They're probably busy. I probably shouldn't have sent that text. Like I am, if anything, overly cautious. I think for me, it's setting them with people when I truly have been hurt. Mm. And knowing and listening to my inner guidance and my inner, mm -hmm. my inner voice that it's time to set that boundary and step away. Mm -hmm. And can I ask what makes you hesitate? See, I thought, see, to look at you in the way I know you, I thought you were just up hammering and nailing boundaries all over the damn place. Like just putting them up, knocking them down. Like I really just thought you were like the boundary, like official officiator of boundary town. You know, I've gotten, I have 
improved in knowing when it's time to set a boundary and when it's not. I, I like a lot of people waver between that place of wanting to keep my heart open and stay open and allow yeah. things in and allow mm-hmm. things out. But also when, okay, we've had enough, we can't stay open to this anymore. Yeah. A lot of it is my need to one, make sure that everyone around me is happy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like my inner people pleaser. And, and two, sitting with discomfort, which is something truthfully, I haven't really been leaning into um, until this past year and a half. Yeah. With COVID, right? And, and I, I'm learning, I, I grew up with people who are always just kind of angry. Mm. And so I associated setting a boundary with you have to be angry when you're setting it. Wow. And you don't, have to you can just say hey this isn't okay thank you so much for your time thank you so much for our friendship our relationship I have learned so much from you time to walk away our energy is no longer lining up and maybe one day it will again but right now it's not and this isn't serving either of us and that doesn't have to come from a place of anger yeah I I, yeah I Ah, me and my boundaries. I just wait. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna give them that one. I'm gonna give them. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna. You know what? It's not so. And I wait, and then I wait until like they'll just do something so minute. But like for me, I'm like, well, that was the strong. But like, I can no longer engage with you. Take care, be well, and then peace out. They see it as. Oh my God, you just up in like, whatever. It's like, no, you don't realize that I have been letting this go for literally six months. Um, and looking back on that, obviously, yes, I could have handled it better. Obviously I could have handled that better, but that final straw is the final straw, especially when there's manipulative behavior when, okay, I've told you no, but you keep asking, like, you keep, like, no, I already said no three times. All right, that's it. You know what? It was, I hope you have a great life. Never contact me again. And they're like, what the hell? And I'm like, no, you don't realize. So for me, it's like, I just wait until there's like this huge pile of, you know, so I'm with you boundaries, but I I like to think that I'm, I'm getting better. Um, And that I think is a great place to, wrap up acknowledging that we are all flawed that we are all learning and gosh hopefully more aware aware of our own behavior and how that affects others aware of how others behaviors affect us what we will not tolerate within ourselves even and tolerate in others and I just really think you nailed it when you said, for, for me, the takeaway is, like you said, we're all, hopefully, I really believe, I really do believe, at any given moment, we are all doing the best we can with the tools that we have, the resources that we have, the raising that we've had, the wounds that we have, the awareness and the consciousness that we have. And giving ourselves grace and others extending grace to others, knowing what you will and will not tolerate, getting really clear with your own core values. What do you stand for? What do you fall for? What's the hill you're willing to die on? 
And just knowing that you might be the one that's setting the example for so many others that are staying silent and that you might be the one that's setting the example. Is there anything else you want to close with, Travis? What's your, any takeaway, any little nugget? I feel like there's so much that I have, that I always learn whenever you and I have a conversation. And so I just always appreciate your, your honesty and your openness. And, you know, this was a good reminder of having compassion for yourself as you as you own your story and you you walk through these tough moments and and things get uncomfortable yeah yeah I love it I love this so much thank you and I hope that this has given somebody some insight um and I look forward to more conversations, uncomfortable conversations about uncomfortable topics so that we can get comfortable in those things. Um, so thank you everyone for listening again, not trying to change your ideas, change your opinions, but just giving you, um, something to think about, maybe also giving you some courage. Um, we, we, we aren't all exactly where we want to be, but gosh, we have gotten to where we are based on a lot of people that stood up and said, nah, no more. So know your gnaw threshold. And um, yeah, we hope that this helps. Thank you for listening, friend. Friend, thank you for being here. You can find Travis on TikTok and Instagram at Travis Warrior Unicorn. He also has a website, psychictravis.com. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope you will subscribe to my podcast and turn on notifications so you'll know when there's a new episode. I'd love for you to visit my website, www.nursemissy.com. You can sign up for my free Zoom classes. You can also schedule a one-on-one -on -one appointment with me as well. Um, there's some links on my resource page that you might be interested in as well as a contact me link. If you want to contact me and if you have any uh, content suggestions that you'd like to learn more about, um, I invite you to visit my TikTok account as well, That Nurse Missy. Also, my Instagram is That Nurse Missy. But, friend, please remember that you lack nothing, you run this, and to please be good to yourself. Till next time. Thank you.